موسیقی ان مسائل کے استاذ کو استعلام شیخ یا مرشد یا پیر کہا جاتا ہے حضرت حانات is mentioning that for the outward amal which in the very beginning of the text he calls sharia distinguishing that from the batani amal which he called tariqat and to learn these masail their adatan it is the practice and custom and tradition that a person needs an ustaz or a teacher, instructor, mu'allim. And without such an ustaz, ye kaam bhi durus nahi hota. That is because sometimes you might read something, you might misunderstand it. Even something as basic as fiqh of tahara or fiqh of salah, even from a book as basic as zumtut al-fiqh or basti zewar, you might misunderstand something. Or you might try to apply that to your particular situation and circumstance, but you may not be able to apply it correctly. Anybody who's even studied the most basic fiqh of tahara and salah from a teacher will know that learning those masail of tahara and salah from a teacher was much more beneficial than just reading through them on one's own. However, he says that for the amal batina, which are things that he's already mentioned before, haya, ikhlas, sabr, shukr, there are many things. In that, there are also some things that are further than wanted, mandatory and obligatory, and there are also some inner states that are prohibited, haram, or disliked makru. And these are the things that are explained in the field of the soul of Antarikat. To learn these things and acquire the knowledge of these things, and then to practice and implement that acquired knowledge, for that all the more a person needs an instructor of thad, and in the terminology of the Sawwaf, such a teacher is known as a Shaykh or Murshid or Bir. The Shaykh and Murshid are Arabic words and Bir is a Persian word. Murshid comes from Rushd. This is some file from the Mustad Irshad. The Murshid is the person who guides a person, helps a person. It's not the definition of guidance. Guidance is Quran and Sunnah. I have heard us give the example in the past that the map is the Quran and Sunnah and the guide to navigating that map that is called the Shaykh. Batin al-Razal ko samajna aur unka ilaj karna adatan Shaykh ko murshid ke bagayr nahi ho sakta. 
اس میں جو شخص اس طریق میں قدم رکھے اس کے لیے ضروری ہے کہ شیخ مرشد کی تلاش کرے جب وہ مل جاوے تو اسی کی طرف رجوع کرے اور اسی کی تعلیم کا پورا پورا اتباع کرے توبہ جس کا بیان دوسری ہدایت میں آیا ہے جب کوئی اس پر عمل کرنا شروع کرے گا تو معلوم ہوگا کہ اس کی تکمیل میں بھی جگہ جگہ پیر و مرشد کی ضرورت ہوتی ہے بغیر شیخ کاموں کی نہبری کے توبہ بھی مکمل ہونا مشکل ہے مشکل ناممکن یو وڈ سی آلسو ہی یوز دا ورڈ عادت ان بوتھ پیراگرافس ہیئر ٹو پیوریفائی ٹو انڈرسٹینڈ وٹ دا اسپریچل ڈیزیزز اینڈ انر ایلمنٹس آر اینڈ دین ٹو بی کیورڈ اینڈ پیوریفائڈ فرام دیم نارملی عادت دین یو کین سی نارملی اینڈ ان پریکٹس اینڈ ان دا ٹریڈیشن اٹ از ناٹ نارملی پاسبل وداؤٹ اے شیخ اور مرشد This is because number one, sometimes without learning what envy is, as an example, let's take Hasan. So you might not really know what it is, unless you're trained and taught it. Second, in being able to acknowledge and accept that you have envy inside you, you may not be able to know that. Many times the letters that people used to write to the shaykh was precisely that, that they would mention some batani feeling and they wouldn't be sure of themselves. Sometimes the shaykh would write back and say, you're just fine. Sometimes they would write, they're just fine, Sheikh would write back, you're not. Both ways can happen. Sometimes a person presents himself as ill or sick, Sheikh diagnoses him as ill. Sometimes a person presents himself as healthy, Sheikh diagnoses him as ill. And sometimes a person presents himself as ill and Sheikh diagnoses him as healthy. Right? Hazrat Hanvidanta himself used to present himself as ill to a Sheikh, a Sheikh diagnosed him as healthy. Right? So self-diagnosis is a bit difficult. Then even if somebody can understand what, let's say, hasad envy is, even if they correctly, accurately diagnose the hasad inside themselves, still sometimes they need help or guidance in how to get rid of that envy. And if nothing else, they need a push. They need to be in a system that is moving them out of that envy. Otherwise, a lot of us can coexist with sin. This is the problem because the nafs is inside our batan. So it's easy to coexist with a person's sin. In fact, it has become increasingly easy over time to coexist with sin. Whether it's a sin of envy, or a sin of lust, or a sin of greed, or any such sin. Coexist means our, other, our spiritual self. means our salah, our zikr, our tilawat, our sunnah, our beard, our turban, women's niqab, our studying ilm, darsanazami, all of that can coexist with sin. So that means we're too comfortable with sin, we're too acquainted with sin, the sin is too ingrained in us. So you need some type of external, external force, external push, external motivation. Otherwise, most of us, when we're left to ourselves, we can sin along with doing all of the things in our deen. Now, if a person continues like that, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying long term, it's not sustainable. When a person is able to do that, when they start coexisting, with their deen and sin, then the prolonged sin definitely will have an impact on their deen. It's not like they'll be able to have this to come with them deen like that. They will start losing something. If they misdirect their gaze regularly, surely, and maybe gradually, but surely, inescapably, they will start losing something in their deen. They might start missing salah with jamaat, they might start snapping at people before they only had the sin of lust, the next thing the sin of greed will show up. Although normally they weren't a greedy person. In fact, people will tell them that by temperament you weren't greedy at all. But the problem is they didn't get rid of the sin, the, the lust. 
So it's like cancer. When they say the doctor said that cancer will spread unless it's treated. If it's not treated, it won't be contained. That's the nature of cancer. So this is what happens. So this is why uh, a person, even if they have understanding and diagnosis, they still need help in curing themselves uh, and being cured from that sin. But many times people need help in the diagnosis part, and many times people do indeed need help even in the understanding part. Even above, Hazrat Hanrata mentioned some things that maybe we haven't properly understood before that were required as part of our toba. It doesn't mean we didn't believe in toba. We all believed in toba. We all felt we needed to make toba. But when we heard the Mashaik's presentation and the detailed way to make toba, we understood our understanding of toba was lacking. Maybe our understanding of toba wasn't robust enough. Maybe our need to make toba wasn't strong enough. So those are the things we learn from the writings, teachings, company of the true Mashaikh of the Deen. Uh, so therefore, that person who decides to set out on this path, literally set foot on this path of salub, which is seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, so it is necessary for them that they should seek out and find a shaykh and worship for themselves. When they meet such a person, then they should turn to that person and they should try their best to follow the instructions and teachings of tathkiyah of that person. And then as Atanriyam himself mentions that the second principle of guidance, which is about toba, that was mentioned above, when a person practically tries to implement that toba, they will realize when they do that, that to complete the mission of toba, many times along the way, they will feel the need for having some guidance or shape in them, and without that, they may not be able to, uh, it will be difficult for them to complete that toba. says that how to find the true correct shape, you will find uh, there are ten signs that you have to find. Number one, the reason he's writing it like this, that based on what, um, according to necessity, uh, based on the, what is the requirement, uh, he knows that amount of knowledge of deen that is required. That's because, strictly speaking, being a mustanad alim of deen is not a requirement to be a shaykh. Two famous examples from this own silsila would be Hazrat Hanviramtai's own shaykh, Hazrat Hajim Dadlama, Hazrat Makiramtai, and Hazrat Hanviramtai, one of his foremost khalifa, Dr. Abdul Hai Arifiramtai. Neither of these two were what you would call a bakaida mustanad, any um, formally trained and certified. Uh, mother's a graduate type of scholar. However, they had an understanding of Quran and Sunnah, they had an understanding of what was Tazkiyah, they had an understanding of Abdullah, and they had an understanding and knowledge of Zikr of God, and therefore that was sufficient for them to be able to help and guide people on the path of Tazkiyah. Aqeedah or Amal or Adate uski shara ke muafiqo. So their creed and understanding, and this obviously has a ton of everything, writing at a time when the Deoband movement was in its formation. So their principles and tenets of belief and their practice and their habits must all be according to the Sharia. Three, dunya ki hirs na rakta ho, kamal honne ka dawa na karta ho, ki ye bhi dunya ki ek shaakh hai. 
So the third point was that he should not have be greedy for worldly gain, worldly accumulation. He should not have love for money. And one aspect of that, normally we just understand the word dunya in terms of monetary, financial, property, assets and gain. But he says that not one aspect of dunya is also a claim to be perfection. So he shouldn't view himself to be a shaykhi kamal, or he shouldn't claim to be kamal. Kamal hone ka dawa na karta. He shouldn't claim himself to be a kamal shaykh. Why? Because that is also a branch of dunya. What he means by that is that one aspect of dunya is fame. So dunya isn't just about monetary acquisition, but dunya is also about fame and recognition. Fourth, isi kamal kiyo ke paas kuch dino tak raha ho. So he must have spent some time with a shaykh. There were people in Hazrat Han Viramta's lifetime who would come to him for 10 days, who would come to him for 40 days, who would come to him for 2 weeks. There are many stories. Uh, but obviously those people were seriously already uh, salihin, muttaqin, sahib adab, sahib ilm. Not normally were sahib ilm, ulama, sahib tahajjud, abid type people. Uske, number 5. Uske zamane mein jo alim aur darvesh munsif mizaj ho. So his contemporaries from the ulama of his time and the other Sufiya, Darvesh is also a person, which means the other Sufiya, may mean Mashaik and also just mean generally Sufis, were Munsif Mizaj. Munsif Mizaj means they're not partisans. So they won't say, oh, I'm Surawardi, I'll accept a Surawardi as a Sheikh, I'm Nakshimandi, I'll accept a Nakshimandi as a Sheikh, I'm Chiti, I'll accept Chiti as a Sheikh. No. Munsif Mizaj. This is Hazrat Han is own Mizaj was very much like this. There may be a few, few later adherence to his tradition who would only accept people who actually were from his line, but Munsif Mizaj means that they would be open and accepting uh, of uh, a person. That they also should view them in a favorable light. It, should, it can be understood here, I would suggest, that what it means uh, is an alim and Sufi or Sufi sheikh who is not bad to that person, but as you can consider this like a third party independent evaluation. Six, Aam logon ki nisbat khas log, yani jo log samajdaar aur deendaar ho, wo uske ziyada mutakid ho. You cannot judge the shaykh based on their popularity with the am. Awam means the masses. But rather you have to judge his acceptance amongst khas. So who are the khas in this sense? Number one, he says, that's not that clear. Jaluk samajdar ho or deendar. So deendar is understood, the people who are on deen. Right? To people who are musaddeen, sa'imeen, people who are on sunnah, people who are on some level of amal. To whatever extent you would want to define the word ahluddeen. Well, the ahluddeen should uh, be mu'takid, means should have a positive belief and view about that person being a shaykh. Samajdar means people who, I mean I don't want to say they were educated in the western sense, but it means He's trying to contrast it to the illiterate masses. So you can just say people of understanding, of wisdom, of experience, uh, sensible people. Uh, so people who are considered to be sensible and understanding, danishmand, or however you want to say it, of the society. 
as well as the Ahmadin. Number seven, Uski Mirido me Aksar Murid Sharaki Pabandho or Unkun Dunyaki Tama Naho. So obviously you cannot expect that every single student of the Shaykh would fall in this category because obviously the Mishnahic attracts students who are far from Sharia. But those who have been Murid for some time, not initially, but after some time, they, the majority of them should then be living a life which is according to Sharia and they should not be having desire, tama, for the world. So that means, as we say in English, the proof is in the pudding. So if the company of the sheikh is having the effect that people who once they join the company and spend some time, their amal on sharia and sunnah goes up and their attraction to the world goes down, that is also a sign that Hazrat Hanata has mentioned. Number eight, apne muridon ki taaleem ji se karta ho aur chaata ho ki ye durust ho jaye. اور اگر مریدوں کی کوئی بڑی بات دیکھتا ہو یا سنتا ہو تو ان کو روک تو کرتا ہو یہ نہ ہو کہ ہر ایک کو اس کی مرضی پر چھوڑ دے سو دا ایٹ کنڈیشن ایٹ مارک ایٹ سائن از دیٹ دا شیخ از ٹرائنگ ٹو ٹرین دا مریدس آن دا پیتھ آف دسکیہ ود این اوپن ہارٹ اور ود اے ڈیڈیکیٹڈ ہارٹ اور ود ہز بیسٹ آف ایفرٹس اینڈ دیٹ دا شیخ شوڈ ٹرولی وانٹ اینڈ ڈیزائر that they should become drus means their islah should be done and their tasbih should be done and his effort and goal and dream is to bring the students on the path of taqwa and tazkiyah and if he ever comes to know of any fault or flaw or sin in the murids whether he sees that or hears about them so he should reprimand them and censure that wrong activity and try to guide them on the right path it should not be that he leaves them on their whims and desires. Not nine. Uski paas chand roz betne se dunya ki mohabbat mein kami aur Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ki mohabbat mein ziyati maloom hoti ho. So by staying with that shade for a few days, a person spends few, this he means by this khanka 24-7 type sohbat. So by going and spending time in the khanka or intense sohbat of the shaykh for several days, the love for the, the person should feel in their heart that my interest and love and attraction to the world has declined and my love for Allah Taala has increased. Number 10. Khud bhi wo zikr shughul karta ho kyunki baghair amal ke pukhta irada kiye huye taaleem mein fayda nahi hota. The Shaykh himself should be a person who does the zikr of Allah Taala, practice the different shughul means the Masooliyat, uh, you need a particular awlad, wazaif, abdutrika, and the salsala, because without having practiced them themselves, uh, you will not be able to uh, teach, there will not be so much benefit in the transmission and teaching of practices that were not practiced themselves. Jik saks mein ye nishaniya maujood ho, phir ye na dekhe ke usse koi karamat bhi hoti hai ya nahi. یا پوشیدہ یا آئندہ ہونے والی باتیں اس کو معلوم ہوتی ہیں یا نہیں یا یہ جو دعا کرتا ہے وہ قبول ہو جاتی ہے یا نہیں یا یہ اپنی باطنی قوت سے کچھ کام کر دیتا ہے یا نہیں کیونکہ یہ باتیں پیر یا ولی کے لیے ہونا ضروری نہیں اسی طرح یہ نہ دیکھیں کہ اس کی توجہ سے لوگ ترکتے ہیں یا نہیں کیونکہ یہ بزرگی کے لیے ضروری نہیں اصل میں اس قسم کا اثر نفس کے متعلق ہے 
جو مشق کرنے سے بھر جاتا ہے جو شخص پرہیزگار بھی نہیں بلکہ جو مسلمان بھی نہیں وہ بھی کر سکتا ہے اور اس توجہ دینے سے کچھ زیادہ نفع بھی نہیں ہوتا کیونکہ توجہ کا اثر باقی نہیں رہا کرتا بس توجہ کا اتنا فائدہ ہے کہ جو مرید ایسا ہو کہ اس میں ذکر کا اثر بالکل نہ ہوتا ہو اس کو پیر چند روز تک توجہ دے تو اس میں توجہ دینے سے ذکر کا اثر ہونے لگتا ہے یہ نہیں کہ خام لوٹ پوٹ ہی ہو جاوے کرامتی Karamat, in case you don't know, you would translate it as those miracles that are given to Ghair Anbiya. The miracles that are given to Anbiya are called Mu'jizat, and the miracles that are given to Ghair Anbiya are called Karamat. Second is that, are they able to find that Kash, basically, are they able to become aware of matters that are hidden, or matters yet to occur in the future? This is also absolutely irrelevant. Third, when they make dua, are their duas accepted or not? And what he means is that if people who I went, normally it probably means about worldly matters, that if they make dua and like somebody gets a job or somebody gets cured from an illness and people find out that, oh, that person made dua and yes, I got cured. So that's not a necessary sign. You may not actually hear anything like that. Fourth, that uh, can they do... Uh, So rather than translate this, let me explain this to you. Because actually I read in detail as a time that I know that this works, how he explained this. So basically understand Tawajjo and Batani Kuwat, right? So at the end he explains that there is a certain but limited, you can say, function and value to Tawajjo and Tawajjo and Batani Kuwat. One of the things he mentioned is that it's not necessary even that a person be a Muslim to get this inner power. And he says even a rare Muslim can get this power. This is exactly the same thing about three centuries before him, Imam al-Rabbani Shaykh Amasir Hindi Majal al-Fasanat I wrote. He said that even a Hindu can do it. Even the Brahmins and Yogis, and Gurus of the Hindus are able to do this, right? And there are even stories from about ulama al-Dirbar, Mawana Qasim, Nanotian, Tengu, doing the Munazara. And then there's a claim that there was a Hindu doing Dwajj on him, and then I can't remember, maybe as a Sadhanpuri, I don't remember. But there was a battle of the Dwajjus between the Hindus and Muslims going on spiritually. Meanwhile, there was a interfaith debate with the well, Arya Samajik. They were a Ajeeb Kisim ke Hindu. I know about the Arya Samajik, Pakistani, who was doing his PhD in sociology, University of Chicago, on the Arya Samaj. And I was his roommate for a few months. That's how I know about this Arya Samaj. was an indeed uh, movement in Hinduism. They claimed to be monotheistic Hindus. And they tried to use this concept of monotheism to convince the Christians, uh, to convince the Hindus to stay Hindu and not move to Islam or Christianity. So there was a famous debate in Azam Al-Anam Al-Makasam al with the Arya Samaj. There, 
So, what does it mean? Now, this is a very difficult thing for you people to understand, but now you know it's not coming from even as a Tanat is telling you, any Mamarabhanat is telling you that a non Muslim can do this. So, the best I've been able to understand this is let's take your physical body, right? So, a non Muslim can also physically work out and exert themselves and get spiritual, physical muscle and physical strength. Just like that, if there is a non Muslim, who stays away from sin, although they don't do it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Just like if there's an non-Muslim who gives charity, atheist, but he doesn't do it for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So Allah is going to come and do it. The Ta'ala says in Quran that they will get no reward whatsoever for their amal on the day of judgment. Even if they're Mother Teresa or they're a philanthropist or they're an atheist who gives billions of dollars because they don't do it for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. But as far as the world goes and the dunya, definitely their philanthropy and charity and generosity will have a tremendous effect on the poor, right? So just like that spiritually, there were some people and that's really what happened. Don't look at the fraud gurus, that's not what they're talking about. When these Mashaikh were writing at that time in India, they were Hindus who were true gurus, true gurus men, they were truly celibate. They truly stayed away from women and in an extreme way didn't even get married. So they stayed, they had zero lust in them. They actually had trimmed down their unlawful passions of their nafs. And they were also sinful people. They had no love of the, the true gurus. They truly had no love for dunya. And then, like the true Christian monks were also like this. You have to be fair historically that many Christian monks truly had no lust, had no greed, had no anger, had no envy. They were free of all of these sins of the bottom. Right? So, Apparently, when a person becomes free of these batani amras, these spiritually sinful ailments, they have a certain ability. You can call it the wajju, some mashayik, you just call it the sarruf. You can call it somehow an ability to adhere to it in a positive way, to positively affect another person spiritually, their batan. Now when Hazrat Anurathi wrote in that other book that I read, is what he says very briefly here is that in that he was talking specifically about the shaykh giving tawadu to a murid and he was wrote there that the mashaykh should not give so much tawadu to the murid ke murid shaykh ki tawadu ki aadi ho jaye aur phir murid shaykh ki tawadu ke upar depend karna shuru kare why because then the murid ends up in a delusion he wrote that what happens is the murid thinks that they're attaining some spirituality, whereas their spirituality is just an ox of the kalb of their sheikh, it really isn't their own. So they will be tricked. This could be, I mean, the sheikh isn't doing it in, in that work, as the time goes, suggesting that the sheikh is trying to trick the marid, but he's saying the marid will end up deluded, and he won't realize. And basically what I understood from that, and I understood from this, and I've understood from many people who have received the wajjur mashaykh, while they were getting their tawajju in their sofa, they felt that they went like this. The second they came home, they fell right back flat. So what does it mean? The tawajju is a temporary thing. Like that jump start concept, the second you take off the jumper cables, the engine of the old car goes back to being the engine of the old car. So that's not enough. The progress, or the progress, how can we say, the spiritual, the heightened spirituality, that a person attains, no, the heightened spirituality that a person experiences due to the tabanju of the shaykh is a temporary short-lived thing. 
the value in it was supposed to be, and that's what Azad Khan does say, is that for a few days, if the Shaykh gives the Marie Tawajjo, it's supposed to jumpstart them, motivate, push them to become a Zakir Shagil Samati. And that was what used to happen classically, that Muridin used to go to the Shaykh and spend a few days for that boost, but then they would go and make their own effort afterwards. You know, it's not altogether different from the concept of Ramadan. In Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala gives us a boost. Our problem is we go right back in Shawal to the way we were in Shaban, right? But what's supposed to happen was the boost of Ramadan was supposed to raise us, and at least we maintain that. Maybe we go flat, but at least we don't go back down to where we were before Ramadan, right? And then every year Ramadan would come and raise us, and then we go flat. You pray Zohar, it raises you, you go flat to Asr, again Asr raises you, go flat to Maghrib. That's what the purpose of the Vajr was supposed to be, right? But what happens to an ordinary murid, they get blown away when they receive the Dwajr. Because it's a very new thing for them, because they don't have that intrinsic zikr, but they don't have that intrinsic awareness of Allah Subhanahu So when they would be in the company of the Shaykh and receive the Dwajr, it would be a huge thing for them. It would be a huge thing for them, right? And then because they would be blown away by it, they may have had an exaggerated sense of the value and importance of it. And then when they went home, and then they went back to their old selves, so it's almost like an addiction, right? Like people get addicted to certain things, so they want to go back to get that tawajjah. It's not unlike, but don't quote me on this, you'll get me in trouble, but it's something, people may experience a similar thing when they go on tablik jamaat. So they go on tablik, and when they're on tablik, they get a spiritual high. But when they come back home, they go back to their old selves, so it's like a fix. So in order to get the fix, they want to go back into bleak. So people want to self also. So when they spend time with the sheikh, they thought, oh, I was on sky, sky nine, right? And when they went back to the regular, they couldn't do it. They couldn't even do Mahmoud for five minutes in their daily routine. They couldn't even read Quran. They couldn't even read hundred times. Literally, I'm telling you. They couldn't even read one tasbih of salawat, one tasbih of istighfar, one ruku of Quran, one minute of Mahmoud. So they went back for the fix. And they kept going back for the fix. Now on the one hand, something is better than nothing, right? Something is, and I'm sure it's hard to accept that, you know, and that's why we say that, okay, just go on to bleak, and if you, if you can't be solid, and the only time you're solid is when you're on to bleak, then the more you go on to bleak, the better, because at least there will be more days in your book of deeds which were sin-free. Similarly, the person who says, when I spend time with my sheikh, I'm sin-free, well, okay, the more days you spend on that, at least the more days you're sin-free. But here, what says Atanavi's book is, Kastus Sadil. This is a manual for people who want to do it right, who want to go all the way, who really want to do it deeply. For that person, the Tawajjah of the Shaykh isn't enough. For that person, he wants, he's training them in a higher level of training. And it's harder. That yes, you should go for a few days and get the Tawajjah, and the find of the Tawajjah is that it will jumpstart you in your zikr. But you have to make the effort yourself afterwards. Right? So... You know, one has to keep a balance in this. Uh, and basically, uh, one way to do that would be from time to time to keep repeating this. So people never get an overstated or exaggerated understanding of Tawajjah. And they don't get an over-dependency and reliance on Tawajjah. At the same time, if there is somebody who keeps consistently failing to start themselves, then the Mashaikh should be generous that every time they come, they give them a jump start again, right? Um, it's not that the Mashaikh should hold back on that. Uh, but 
the point is that person then won't really be successful. That person really won't become from the Salihin and Muttaqin. They will be Ghair Salih in their ordinary time and they will get the Aqs of being Salih when they get the Tawadzi of the Shaykh. Alright? But like I said, uh, something is better than nothing. Why is the Tanrat I mentioned it here now back to this particular thing? This is also not one of the things to look for, you know. And one example of this is, you know, I've heard some people say, but all types of Messiah, many Messiah. The G, I'm a better time, or a quick cheese, which I'm a loom neighbor. Meto Sochata, but then a cam and Kibian Majanga to Miraduko acid trapnata or what was that? Lord Port, the Lord Port Neva, the Meto Sochata, who is a real shake hotel, the Lord Port Hota, the Lord Port Neva, the members of Abitalashmeo, shake the Lord Port down, right? So what he would also say is that you might, if you felt even the Lord Port, that was the Tawajjo, but the Lord Port isn't really of long-standing, long-term benefit for you. Alright? So this is Hazrat Hanvi Ramtaile's understanding. You see, it's not an ordinary person talking. You're talking about a person who can and did give this Tawajjo. Right? So one is okay, somebody talking from outside the tradition, you say, oh, you know, then people of the South get all defensive, that, oh, you see, he's critiquing the soul, he's critiquing Tawajjo. You can't say that about Hazrat Han Ramtha. This is a master of the field. This is a master of Tawajjo even. Alright? But he knows, because he's a master of the field, that this has a very limited purpose and a limited scope, and should not be overstated, and the Muridin should not be overly dependent on it. So basically, we've covered it. I may not have done a word for a translation, but we basically, I think, explained everything that was in this paragraph. Uh, I would just read that last part again. Bas tawajjo ke itna fayda hai ke jo marid aisa ho ke usme zikr ka asal bilkul na hota. Usko peer chand roz tak tawajjo de to usme tawajjo dene se zikr ka asal honi lagta hai. That itself is a big thing, right? That itself is a big thing, but then you have to continue it. Just like I gave you the example of Ramadan, the Barak of fasting and reciting in Quran. The Quran parne ka kuch asar ho jata hai. Vakti tawar par Quran aapko chal padta hai. Right? Taravi sunna se, Quran parne se. But you've got to keep up with it. You've got to keep up with it. I suppose... Today is the fifth now, right? We have he would always he wouldn't end. Normally you would think that you should end at a full stop. 
you would always go a little bit into the next masla and leave it hanging. And then the next day when you would come, you would finish up the one he left hanging. And actually you bought mufid there's bita. Yeah. So, unkin is that's what I've been doing with you, if you've noticed. I haven't been stopping at these hidayat. Alright? Pantri hidayat piri muridi ke maksad. Jai piri kaamil mil jai aur usse murid honi ka irada kare, to pere ye samajda ki murid honi se gharaz kya hai. Chunki murid honi se logon ki bhoat se gharazhe hoti hai. Koi to ye chata hai ke hum karamat wale ho jai. Aur hum ko kash se wo baate malum honi lage hai. جو اوڑوں کو معلوم نہیں ہوتی سو تیسری ہدایت میں ابھی تم کو معلوم ہو چکا ہے کہ خود پیر ہی میں یہ ہونا ضروری نہیں کہ اس سے کنامتیں ہوں اس کو کش سے ایسی باتیں معلوم ہو جائے ہو جایا کریں جو اوڑوں کو معلوم نہیں ہوتی ہیں تو تو بیچارہ مرید اس کی کیا ہو اس کی کیا حوث کرے گا کوئی یہ سمجھتا ہے کہ مرید ہونے سے پیر صاحب بخشش کے ذمہ دار ہو جائیں گے قیامت میں وہ دوزخ میں نہ جانے دیں گے خواہ کیسے ہی برے کام کرتے رہوں یعنی مرید صاحب یہ بھی محض حالت ہے خود جناب رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم نے سید فاطمہ رضی اللہ تعالیٰ کو فرمایا یا فاطمہ فاطمہ اپنے کو دوزخ سے بچاؤ یعنی عمل کرو کوئی یہ سمجھتا ہے کہ پیر صاحب ایک نگاہ میں کامل کر دیں گے ہم کو نہ محنت کرنا پڑے گی نہ ہم کو محنت نہ کرنا پڑے گا ہم کو محنت کرنا پڑے گی نہ گناہ چھوڑنے کا ارادہ کرنا پڑے گا But this much I will just summarize this and then we'll continue tomorrow, inshallah. That the point is that when a person decides to become a murid, there are all sorts of wrong reasons for doing so. So as the is going to explain later on in this guidance, what is the right reason for doing All of the wrong reasons were already negated earlier because those were the things that one does not need to look for in a shaykh, such as that he should be able to perform a karama or a miracle, or that he should have gush, he should have unveilings of the unseen, and that the murid would benefit from these two things, or that uh, the shaykh in one glance and one gaze will change my life forever, or the shaykh will guaranteed, just by being a murid of the shaykh, the shaykh will be able to uh, take the responsibility of my salvation and will save me from going into the hellfire on the day of judgment, no matter how bad a person I might be or no matter how sinful my actions might be. So all of these concepts are mistaken. And the proof he gives is that even Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu was told by Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu that the Muslim told her that you must save yourself from the fire of Jahannam. So if it was automatic just through suhbat or through nisbat or through ta'luk or through muhabbat or through mahubiyat, obviously the nisbat is Sayyidina Fatima that I had with her beloved father Sayyidina Rasulullah the dialogue, the mahabbat, the sohbah, the mahubiyat is unfathomable. And the Yaqarim says, love Sayyidah Fatima But that's not enough, right? Love of the shaykh, love for the shaykh, love from the shaykh, company with the shaykh. She had all of that with the Prophet but he still told her 
Kalam, you will have to save yourself from the fire dandam means yani amukaro means you'll have to practice on the teachings of Deen. So that's basically what's going to come tomorrow is the reason of taking a shaykh is because you want to do amal on shaykh. Not for any other reason other than to fulfill what had been mentioned in the first hadith that the whole purpose of Tazawul Tariqat Saluk is to do amal on sharia. Amal on sharia. Zahri amal, batni amal, amal on sharia. And you feel you need help in doing amal. And the kashfa will help you in that, the karamat will help you in that, that the world will have very limited scope in being able to help you in that. Right? Uh, may Allah Ta'ala accept us all to do amal on sharia. May Allah Ta'ala enable us to benefit from these writings and teachings of Hazrat Qadr Shaykh, Ashraf Ali, Tanvirim Make multiple for a few moments, close your eyes and bow your head. Make near that you are doing Amal on Zikrak Ali, what could Rabbaka Finus Tadar on Rafifa, what could Ismail Bikr Tabutta Ilayhi Tabtila, and you make near that your tongue is making Zikr of Allah's name, as if your tongue is calling Allah, Allah, Allah. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah Subhanallah minana Muhammad Rasulullah Subhanallah Inna <laughs> ہمارے طرف توجہ کر لیجئے ہمارے دل پر اپنی رحمت نازل کر لیجئے ہمیں مقتدون میں سے بنا دیجئے اپنا مقربون میں سے بنا دیجئے یا رب کریم ہمیں مقتدون میں سے بنا دیجئے یا اللہ رب کریم ہمیں ہر قسم کے غفلت سے محفوظ فرما وقت کے نصیب فرما وقت کی قیمت نصیب فرما سارا وقت ہمارا فرصت والا وقت دین کے لئے قبول فرما فرصت میں غفت سے بچا فرصت میں گناہ سے بچا فرصت میں ناجائز شکت سے بچا فرصت میں یعنی بیکریم ہر ناجائز خلاف شرکاموں سے بچا دین سیکھنا نصیب فرما دین پڑھنا نصیب فرما دین کو طرف بلانوں کے لئے قبول فرما اپنی یاد نصیب فرما بڑے ذات نے بڑے کلام لکھا ہے دل جمعی کی بات کرتے ہیں فنائیت کی بات کرتے ہیں تبتل کی بات کرتے ہیں آپ ملبانے کر دیجئے اس میں ہمارے دل میں اپنی محبت دے دیجئے دل میں محبوبیت دے دیجئے دل سے تمام ناجائز محبت جذبات کو پاک صاف فرما ہمارے دلوں میں توحید عطا فرما ہمارے دلوں میں انعبت عطا فرما ہمارے دلوں میں رغبت عطا فرما یعنی بے کریم آج تک امت میں 
جس نے کسی بھی محنت سے آپ کو پایا یا رب کریم ہمیں بھی پانے کے لیے قبول فرما اور یہ رب کریم آج تک پوری تاریخ امت میں جس نے آپ کو مانگ کر منوایا جس سے جس نے دعا سے آپ کو منوایا جس نے دعا مانگ مانگ کر آپ کو خوش کیا وہ تمام دعا ہمارے حق میں بھی قبول فرما وہ تمام عادتیں ہمیں بھی عطا فرما وہ اچھی سوچ ہمیں عطا فرما اچھا گمان ہمیں عطا فرما اچھے ارادہ کرنے کے لیے قبول فرما اچھے فیصلے قدم کے قبول فرما کریم ہم سے اچھے امال بھی نصیب فرما امال صالح نصیب فرما کریم غفل کے امال کم کر دیجیے نیکیوں کے امال ہمارے زیادہ کر لیجیے ارم کریم اس رمضان و مبارک کو قبول فرما سارے روزے کو قبول فرما تراوی پڑھنا پڑھانا قبول فرما درس میں آنا بیٹھنا قبول فرما قرآن کریم سمجھنا قبول فرما ارم کریم ہمارے آنے والے اعتقاف بیٹھنے کو بھی قبول فرما اپنے رحمت کرم فضل سے ارم کریم آسانیاں پیدا فرما آپ نے دین میں ہمارے ہدایت کے کتنے اسباب رکھے ہیں ان سب اسباب کے باوجود یا رب ہمیں محروم نہ فرما ہمیں مردود نہ بنا آپ مہربانی کر لیجیے آپ کا حق ہے آپ ہمیں آزمائیں رب کریم مگر آپ مہربانی کر لیجیے ہم آپ کے کمزور بننے ہیں آپ یا رب کریم ہم ہر آزمائش سے گزار دیجیے ہر امتحان سے گزار دیجیے ہر مبتلا سے گزار دیجیے ہمیں فلاح تک پہنچا دیجیے ہمیں اپنی رضا تک پہنچا دیجیے ہمیں ان فائزین مفلحین متقین صادقین مؤمنین میں سے بنا دنیا میں بھی یہ فلاح نصیب فرما قیامت کے دن بھی ہمیں یہ فلاح عطا فرما پھر ہم کریم آخرت میں جنت الفردوس عطا فرما تمام نبیین صدیقین شہداء صالحین کی رفاقت ہمیں نصیب فرما ربنا تکمل منا انکا انت السمیع العلیم وتم بولینا انکا انت التواب الرحیم وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحمة الله